Thank you very much. Look, why don't you all turn around and say hello to each other and tell the other person beside you you look good. Tell them to, that they're welcome to our launch Sunday. If this is your first morning in Journey Community Church down Patrick, you're especially welcome. Uh, some of you may recognize Ian and Jill at the front just to embarrass you, but they are a couple from Antrim. Ian's one of our elders. Jill keeps Ian right. Um, but more than that, you probably have seen wee Jonah running about. I think Jonah knows more people in Down Patrick than uh, you guys do, so he, he's the guy. He's an evangelist, so you'll see him running about. But um, yeah, look, we're going to go into uh, just what we're going to talk about today in terms of our, our week of, well, our 40 days of prayer and fasting. But um, before I do that, again, Zoe mentioned about uh, Amanda, Marcus, and Maccabee again. Thank you so much for all that you've been doing. Um, just continue to pray for them. They do send um, their honesty, their thanks and appreciations to I know some of you reached out to them, prayed for them, and really encouraged them. So um, they really appreciate that. The service will be happening here Tuesday, 1 p.m., and they've extended that out to... Um, there will be an email going out for that as well, but also the, the committal will be private, okay? So um, more on that. And before I go into really what I want to speak about, we'll see if I, if I stick to what I want to say, because and you'll not know that anyway, so it's fine. But... Um, I really had a picture during worship that it was a, I think it was last week I was looking through the, the BBC News and obviously the weather we've had is, you know, it's just typical Northern Irish in the UK, but I seen an article where it was just a photo of, of a jeep on a beach and it had been left, or the, the family were out doing bits and pieces and they came back, but because the tide had come in, the, the car, the jeep was stuck on, on the beach. The wheels, no matter how far or how much they tried to, you know, to drive, you, know, you have that usual spinning of the wheels type of thing. And I really felt like the Lord said that that's some people in this room this morning. That you feel like you're stuck in the sand, in the wet sand, and you're, you're, you've got your foot on the accelerator and you're, you're trying to get out of it and you feel stuck. And I really feel like actually I have a couple of keys for you this morning of, of ways that actually you can get unstuck. You'll only get unstuck by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, that's a given. And I feel like what we're going to look at today is, 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 is a way, fasting will be a way that actually can really help you um, get freedom and, and break through in your life. It's not about earning it, but it's something that God utilizes and does, that does in us. So if you're here and you are, you're feeling stuck in an area, any area of your life, I really want to encourage you this morning. That's not where you're going to remain. That's not where, that's not where God, that's not where Jesus has died for you to stay this morning, right? No amount of self sabotage and deprecation is, is going to justify you staying where you're going um, to be. And I really feel like some of you need to hear that Jesus has, has destined for you in, in this next season to really get out of the stuck areas of your life, all right? Does that sound good? So if you've got your Bibles, we are gonna, we're going to look through a few different things. And I want you to, to take notes. I want you to just to open your mind to hear from God in a way that actually, you know what? Maybe he wants to speak to you. Maybe he wants to, to share something with you. Just something little that actually can begin to, to bring a shift and a change in your life. Because over the past six months, you know, we've, like I said, we've, we feel like we've been spending you know, morning, noon and night in this place getting it ready and getting it you know, sorted for, for a day like this. But how many know this isn't about arriving at a place? This isn't about doing the last you know, six months and going right, we've arrived. And you know what, this is great. Let's get it, and colourful flags, let's fill the seats, and let's just go, we've made it. 
That's not what this is about, and you know that. And I really felt like, you know, some of you may go, well, why are we fasting? What, what's this all about? And, and maybe for you this morning, this is, you know, the first time you've heard about fasting, or you go, you know, I love my, my food too much that, no, I'm, I'm not even going to entertain the idea, whatever it may be. If you're like me, such a sweet tooth, and, you know, all those things that we, we don't want to really talk about giving up. Um, and we're going to look at the different ways that we can do that. But over the past six months, we have been preparing a building. And I feel like God's essence come into a time and a season, extended time, not just a week, but an extended time where we prepare ourselves for the move that he has coming. Because, yeah, I got a book from Belinda too. God longs to pour a blessing. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel here, but I, God longs to pour a blessing. But how many of you know he's not the problem we are? You see, God longs to pour out the blessing, but sometimes the vessel isn't ready to carry it. Think about it. Are you ready to carry the blessings that we never are? But something that we can do, and what we'll, we'll look at today, can position us in a way that can, can receive and steward that blessing so that God could be a blessing to our community. I mean, this past week, we went out and we delivered thousands of flyers. We, we went and we posted in through doors, and it's funny because... You know, you arrive at the door and it says no cold calling. And I'm like, ah, I'm just so tempted to put that flyer in there anyways. But then we get a, usually we get a message on Facebook saying, why'd you do that anyway? So we, we pick our battles, right? Um, but I really feel like we're, we're going into a time, and I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you, that are you open to going into an extended time where God does something radical in your life? Because if you do the same old thing and expect different results, that's actually just called insanity. And there's something that we have to do in order to prepare ourselves for what God... I mean, last week, our service didn't finish to 2 o'clock. How, how good was last week? I mean, Chris and Leah brought us to a place. I mean, God brought us to a place where it was like the palpable, tangible presence of God where we didn't want to leave, right? That's just a smidge of, I believe, the revival, the outpouring of the presence of God that he wants to do. I mean, am I the only one or please somebody nod at me, right? I know you might be tired because you're back to, you know, people are back to routine in school, but please tell me that's where you are, right? Because, you see, in Scripture, the people of God, they often fasted immediately before either a major victory, a miracle, or an answer to prayer. We see it. The people of God, they often, fasting prepared them for what God was going to break through and do. This is no different. I want you to get it thinking, Maybe we're in a time where if we fast and we pray, God has a breakthrough coming. Alright? You see, it does something to prepare us of the outpouring of the blessing. You see, Moses fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. Daniel fasted to receive guidance from God. Nehemiah fasted before the beginning of a major building project. And Jesus fasted to get his uh, victory over temptation. Like I said, sometimes the issue actually isn't with God. It's something on our end that we want to look at. And it's actually, in fact, we'll look at, we'll arrange, or start from the point of Jesus. It says, Matthew 4, 1, it says, Then Jesus was led into the, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. It's a lifestyle that before Jesus began to minister to others, he, he consecrated and he separated himself to God. Before he began to see, I mean, Jesus is Jesus. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. All right. Sometimes he's actually, and, and he, he's already with God. He's not separate. That's not what, what happened in that moment. There wasn't a fragmentation of the Trinity. But Jesus is modeling to us a lifestyle that is, that is that he calls us to. Now, that's why our graphic says when you fast, okay? Not if you want to fast, but actually when you fast. 
Because Matthew 6, 16 to 18 says, when you fast, don't put on a sad face like the hypocrites, all right? So I know some of you here are thinking, who here looks forward to a fast? No, I mean, nobody, obviously, right? But we actually have to enter into a place of not begrudgingly or to be seen by others, but actually in, with anticipation and expectancy. He says, when you fast, don't put on the sad face like the hypocrites. They make their faces look sad to show people they are giving up eating. I tell you the truth. Those hypocrites already have their full reward. So when you give up eating, comb your hair, wash your face, then people will not know that you're giving up eating. But your father, whom you cannot see, will see you. Your father sees what is done in secret and rewards you. It's not that we fast and then we get, it's like the, the production line or the, you know, the, where you put the money in the machine and then it comes down and gives you something. It's not about input and output. It's not formula. But there's something that we get of a reward that really God brings in, in whatever measure he wants to pour out that is possible through fasting. And it's how many of you know that the life that you currently live, God's called you to live more. The situation that you're, okay, there's only one person believes that. That the life, the situation and the circumstances that you're currently in, God's called you to even greater. And we often say if it's, if it's not good, it's not God. But can I tell you, your version of good doesn't define God's version of good. Because God wants to do greater. We talk about it, lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him. We have to, our, our perspective, our eyesight, is so limited to actually what God can do. And this morning, I want to take us to a place of, look, of trying to look beyond, open up ourselves to going, he's God, he's on his throne. And if we enter into a time of consecrating ourselves before him and, and praying and seeking his face, that's, anything's possible. Anything is absolutely possible. I mean, think about it. We can have the streets lined with people because the Spirit of God's touching people's lives, even beyond us, ministering to them, and the Holy Spirit's moving, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, out of the blue, we, like, you know God can do that. Or if, if you're, you're struggling in your business or your finances, and, and you're seeking something of a, of a strategy or, or a way that you can, and you haven't quite seen it, there's something, there's a time of, of, of and a period that you can enter into that God can bring, in, bring a solution. This is, it's about, Opening ourselves up to the, the impossibilities of God. You know, lately I I don't know why. Maybe I'm I don't know. I'm a Tom Cruise wannabe. Maybe anybody know Tom Cruise? And I've been really really fascinated looking at uh, cafe racers. Right? I'm gonna rock up one day on a cafe racer motorbike, and I'm gonna think I'm one of those cool hipster pastors. Which if that ever happens, you know, to do with me. But I do, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know anything about motorbikes. I just think it'd be really cool to drive one. And, I, you know, it's really interesting. I've talked to a few people who, actually quite a number of people who have owned motorbikes over the years, and they've all told me they've nearly died on one. So, um, I don't know, I just want to get one anyway. So, uh, at least I know where I'm going. But uh, there's something that they, one of them told me, uh, that when, you, when you're doing your test on a motorbike uh, course, is when you're driving, okay, and you're on your motorbike and you're holding the handlebars, if you begin to look down, guess where you're going? Down. If you're driving along, regardless, and you're turning a corner, if you look down, you're going down. There's something about our spiritual lives that if we continue to look down, guess where we're going to go? Down. 
God's called us to look higher. In fact, that's why the psalmist says, you know, you know, the hill of where my help comes from. It's about looking up. It's about a, a different perspective. It's not that only God lives in the clouds, the Homer Simpson type God, but it's about, it's about a, a perspective of where we look. If you're looking down, if you're constantly looking in your situation, in your circumstances, for the answers, for the breakthrough, guess what you're not going to get? The thing you're looking for. It's about looking to him with a higher perspective. We need to have the ability to look where we're going. But sometimes, like in a service where the Spirit of God comes and takes us in a whole different direction, we don't really know where we're going. But who loves to have the five-year plan? Yeah? Okay, there was a few. What about over here? Who, who loves to know, right? I know all your control freaks, right? Okay, okay, well, we've got, okay, right, confession time. Who's 10-year plan, right? And there's something about we love to know the next, and that's okay, because we have to plan. But there's something about we get a greater ability to, to see where we're going when we look up. Because it's in the mind of man the plans are made, but the Lord directs the steps, right? And I really feel like, as, as a church, because we honestly, I... Well, we'll look at it more and we'll celebrate it more later on. So please come. It'll be a, a real party later on tonight. But we have done so much, honestly, to this space. And it's fantastic. But there's so much more I really feel we have to go into now as a church and individuals to really begin to change our perspective. What's God wanting to do with this space? What's God wanting to do in our communities? What, do you know what? What's God wanting to do in you? You have to know your why of what you're heading into. And as to why should be fast, I really believe, I don't know why, I haven't got my theology worked around on it, but guess what, God's not limited to our theology, right? But prayer and fasting is a catalyst to spiritual growth. It can be an absolute catalyst to your spiritual growth. You may be here, and you may feel like your spiritual growth is stuck in that sand. Your foot's down on the accelerator, you're hitting 90, and you're getting burnt out. Because you're trying to do it on your own strength. And you're stuck. But prayer and fasting, entering into that time, has a possibility, has the potential, has the power to sit to catalyze your spiritual growth. It's where our, when we fast, our eyes are taken off our situation, our circumstances, and the word of God and the truth of God is eliminated. It's like our eyes shift off ourselves and onto God. I think I've maybe shared this before, but not many of you know, I wear contact lenses. Without contact lenses, I couldn't even see who's on the front row. Honestly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blind. I'm actually going deaf too, I think. I don't know. Maybe you can pray for me. I'm getting, I'm older than I look, right? Maybe that's just the pastor's job that happens. Um, and I remember the day that I went in to get tested for my eyesight. And, you know, they didn't give the diagnosis blind as a bat, but they, they gave me glasses. I don't like wearing glasses because like face furniture. So therefore, I, I got contact lenses. And I remember... Sitting for honestly, the guts of two hours. Uh, I don't like, didn't like touching my eyeballs. Didn't like doing all that. It was all weird, right? And I had, I forced myself because I knew I need, I needed to get these and just bring so much freedom. But I remember the moment. I kid you not. I can actually still see it. I remember the moment I stood outside the opticians on Market Street. If anybody knows where Market Street and Down Patrick is, I could see right up the road. It was like I don't know. It was like a scene for the first time. I was looking around as if I mean, people must have thought it was this creepy fellow just. Like I can look at their faces and I can see. See, the moment I got glasses, the moment I got contact lenses, I began to see clearer. I began to see further. And that's what fasting, prayer and fasting does. 
It helps us to see clearer. It helps us to see further than our situation and in circumstances. We go from a place of being blurry, a place of being confused, a place of being distracted, into a place of seeing with greater vision. You need to know that God wants to see wants you to see with greater vision. God wants you to be able to see what's going on around. Instead of being just a wee squirrel on the ground that's running around doing the nitty gritty, he wants to bring you to a place of eagles from his perspective. From a heavenly perspective. That's what God wants to do in your situation, in your circumstance. Fasting isn't just about what you do and what you focus on, but it's about who you focus on. Hebrews 12, 2 in the message translation says this, Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in God. Do you know you're in an exhilarating race? You, the, the life that God's called you to live in is to be one of exhilaration. It's not the dead end, just lethargic that is currently existing in our society. It's, do you know God's called you to, to, to go from glory to glory? He's called you to, yes, there's going to be ups and downs. It's not all highs, but he's called you to live a life that's, that's filled with joy. It's not about happiness. Happiness is a mood state, but it's about a life that's filled with joy. Do you know that? Because Jesus never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever it came. And now he's there in heavenly places, in the place of honor, right alongside God. It's not about how you start. It is about how you go on, and we know in Jesus how you're going to finish. And if we're really going to enter into this next time, and I really believe a season of breakthrough, but also it's intentionality. I don't know how God's going to break through, I just know he wants to. And that's what we put it in. It's about overcoming all the distractions. It's about overcoming all the, the discouragements that are around. But we have a fantastic, we have a, a unique opportunity to improve our focus. Now, all that said, right, I know you might be sitting here going, I've been there, done that, wore the t-shirt when it comes to fasting. I've been around, I've been part of churches that have done it. And to be honest, I haven't really ever seen much fruit of it. Or you're like, do you know what? The current economic push and, and everything that's going on in society right now means I've sacrificed enough. Well, if you're struggling financially, do you know what? Fasting food will save you some. I'm joking. But just because we are in a place where repentance doesn't mean that actually further sacrifice and pressing into God can actually bring about a recalibration into those things. So if you're here and you're going, you know, and I don't really know what fasting is about. I don't really know much about it or, or, or why we should do it. Or the, or the fruits of it, all right? I want to I wanna look at a few things of which actually it can bring into you in this next season, okay? If you're taking notes. Fasting opens. It opens something. It opens your eyes. It opens your, your awareness. And it opens your, um, your spiritual eyes to what God's doing in a, in a moment. We live in such a busy, we live in such a, you know, a culture of, where we get our worth and our busyness. And there is something that when we separate and we do that, we begin to see what God's doing. You see, fasting isn't about improving how you look, all right? It's about improving how you see, the way you see. Fasting is not the same as a diet, by the way, right? Because diet is denying food, but fasting is indulging in God. 
You see, a diet changes the way you look, but fasting changes the way you live. Isaiah 58 says, Is this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? For when they were naked, you covered them and uh, you didn't hide them from yourself. We have to redirect in order to consume what God's portion has given us. Because when we do that, we begin to see the needs of the community. Tonight, we're going to have, I mean, I, I've been chatting to Lottie, and there's, there's friends, there's family, there's community representatives, there's some politicians coming, there's some uh, community workers that we've, we've worked through the years with We Serve and you know, all the different things that we've done. And, and they want to come to this space to see the space. But you know, not that we're going to tonight hang them over hell. That's not what we're going to do. Oh. We have an opportunity to show them that maybe there's a different way that they could live. But you know what? So many of us come and have grown up through, and I what, what I like to say in I'm using this facetiously, but you know, Christianese, Protestant, or whatever language or culture that we come through, and we've added a lot. And what we want to do is we want to get the people the lost, and we want to fit them into our box. Come and fit my culture. Can I tell you something? Fasting helps you see beyond the cultural bias you're living in, the things within us that that actually really are just added extras that we begin to see people as God sees them, we begin to see the needs they have, and we begin to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit to see it. Isaiah talks about, he goes on to talk about how it's, you know, our doom and our gloom will become like midday. I know fasting sounds like a somber thing, and it sounds like a, what, what is this about? But it's about, the heart of prayer and fasting is about shifting you from your doom and gloom into midday. It's about shifting into a breakthrough and a place of actually, you know what, things seem right to you. That wherever the temperature of your faith has gone cold, God wants to put a fire in your belly again. You may be here and you're thinking, in your spiritual apathy, I've lost a fire in my belly. This is going to be a fantastic opportunity to put that fire in your belly back again. Because you get rid of a few things and you allow God to come and light that flame again. That maybe you've actually said, you know what, secretly, God, I'm just going to do the motions. But it's not about the motions. Fasting isn't about the motions. It's not about enduring the, the 40 days of whatever that looks like, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's entering into a, a heart posture where we say, God, come and light that fire again. Come and stoke that flame again. Build the habits and the disciplines in me in order to keep that alive again. Because God's lit a lot of fires in your lives. But we've got distracted and we've let them go out. This intentional time and season, I really feel for a lot of you, you can put the fire back in your belly again. I want to ask you, do you want the fire back in your belly again? We have to want it. We have to want it. You see, a lot of us, if you're a bit like me, you spend your evenings watching Netflix or, I don't know, doing whatever, and we just dull our senses. And I'm not here to, you know, to judge anything, because I'll be first to say, but we need to go into a time where we're actually we allowed to consume the things of God again. Where all of a sudden our spiritual appetite gets fed again. And that God stays on his seat. And guess what happens in our life? Everything begins to take realignment again. It might not be easy, but can I tell you? You'll feel a lot more sense of control. 
because he's in control. The second thing fasting does is it separates. Fasting isn't about food. It's about separation. This time is not about just sacrificing so that God can pour out something. This time is about removing the things that so have easily crept in to our comfort and that we've leaned on. There's obviously fasting safely, all right? Removes the natural things that sustain us so we can get a heightened awareness on the spiritual things that actually sustain us. Like I said, it's about a re-consecration back to God. I mean, I really felt last week it was like the holiness of God was in the room. And it just really felt like it was a time that we were being re-consecrated. I don't feel like it was any any coincidence that, that happened last week. And that God's leading us at that time. I mean, you experienced it more than I could ever articulate it. And it's like God's like, you know, I, I loved how, how Hannah put it. It's like, we're so distracted by the, all the other things. We now need to just remove the things we're distracted from so that we can behold him. And I felt like that's what it's about. Last week was such a, like it was a tangible, like this is, get rid of that. Because guess what? All that other stuff means nothing. And it was like we, we beheld him and his manifest presence. And, and how many wanted to stay? I was ready to get Chris and Leah fish and chips. I know I'm talking about fasting, but just to keep them, you know, to stay and be in this space. Obviously, that's my immaturity, you know. But it, there's something about that when we go into that moment, everything else, and when we experience him, everything else means absolutely nothing. Why do you think we go from places like Kingdom Come or, you know, those weeks of prayer and fasting and we're, we're fueled and we're ready to go and then the weeks go on and we slip back on the deal and we go, I can't wait the next year. Do you know God hasn't called you to live, you know, conference to conference or fasting to fasting? He's called you to a lifestyle that's like, do you know what? It's like pigs can fly every week. It's like the miraculous could happen every week. It's we become so in tune with God that revival is sustained. Because he is revival power. When he moves, he's just, he, he doesn't come with distracted, upon distracted people and distracted vessels. He's looking for people that have consecrated instead of him. You see, the Daniel fast that we'll talk about, it was about removing what was defiled and actually filling his soul with the things that were considered undefiled during that culture. So consecrating back to God and he got the wisdom of God. We cannot enter into this next time. You will not be able to enter in this next time trying to fast for seven to ten things. You've got to find your one or two thing. What's the thing that you really feel the Lord is leading you into? There's things that we will, we will pursue as a church. But you've got to go, what, God, what is it? What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? What is the thing that you're like, you know, Maybe if, I, if I, I need to check that area of my life. You maybe can't see beyond, you know, the, the trees just yet. But the Holy Spirit's inviting you into an area of your life to go, what is it? I'd encourage you, this coming, the next couple of days, coming week, you know, just look at it and go, God, what, what is that? And when we find that thing, when we find those one or two things, specifically to go after, or an area of our life to specifically put under the Lordship of Him, I can tell you we're better positioned to see the breakthrough that we're asking for. It's not about getting breakthrough in 10 areas of life. You've got a whole lifetime for that. But there's something about just getting that one thing and, and focusing, being intentional on that, and you'll see the Holy Spirit show up. It's why fasting positions. 
It positions us to see that God, God isn't your resource. He's your source. It's about getting back to him as your source. And when we fast and we hone our focus, it positions us to become aware of his presence. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's not as if I fast and... But I can... Uh, actually, Sharon just smiled at me. And I have a story. I've shared this before. But it was a week of prayer and fasting in our own space. And I think it was like when we used to do... Anybody remember... Some of you remember we used to do like coffee and clean. I think it was the only way to get people to clean is offer them coffee. And it was like... I remember I was just... I was hungry for the, the thing. I still am, but I was hungry for the things of God in a way that I'd never had an encounter. I'd never really experienced the manifest presence of God the way, you know, people have talked about. It's like everyone was talking about, like, the, anoint, the anointed one. I'm like, I'm just the hungry one. I, don't, I haven't really experienced anything. And I remember during this week of prayer and fasting, and we put a playlist on, and it was worship, and Sharon was doing what Sharon does best, you know, and, and we were just, it was just a time where God just, you know, showed up. And I remember being at the sound booth when I was hitting play on Spotify. And it was like from on my hands, they just start like it was like electricity was in my hands. I was like, what's this? And then it began on my feet. And all of a sudden I was like, God, I'm hungry for you, I want more of you. And to the to the point as I entered into worship, as I entered and it was during a fasting time, and my whole body was consumed with the power and the electricity of, of, of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm putting human language on that, but it was the power of God that I couldn't move. And do you know what? I I've known and see, since that moment, God, I have no doubt that God's in control of every situation. The, the, the security, I used to, before I even realized it, I, I just had functioning anxiety. And can I tell you, from that moment through other theater, you know, dealings and so on, but I can tell you, I have no doubt that God's in control of every situation because it was like, I only move because he allows me to move. And it wasn't like a fear out of being afraid of him, but it was like, the power and the presence of God came and it was like, that was, that was an encounter I would never forget. And that's what fasting does. It brings you into an encounter. And some of you need an encounter in this next season. Because you've been living off the interest of your previous encounters. And it's not about feeling. But you know when you encounter the, the, the King of Kings. You know when you encounter the Creator of Heaven and Earth. You know when you come face to face to Him. And I felt like we did it last week. We are defined by meeting Him face to face. Because when we meet face to face with him, we understand who we are and who he is, rightly. And, when, and that can be in scripture, but also can be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. This place is not that we fill the program. This space is about being filled with encounter. I can tell you right now, if you're here at this church looking for a nice program, now we will have structures, but if you're here for a nice program, you're not going to get it. Because last week the program and agenda was out the window. But it's about the encounter with the power and the presence of Jesus. I can tell you, he's real. I come from a family in a community that it's like a lot of agnostics. They're bad atheists, but like it's like, you know, there's just a lot of brokenness. And can I tell you, people ask me all the time, how have you got the faith that you have? I can tell you, it's nothing I've done. It's because he put his finger on my life and I'm like, I know he's real. And so I'm in there and they call me the Holy One, the Holy Joe. And it's like really funny because... I used to chase the Bible bashers out of our estate. And God has a sense of humor because he's like, no, I'm going to put my finger on you. And I, you're here because God's touched your life. But can I tell you, he wants to do it afresh again. We have to enter into a time where we're not just okay with the program and the status quo. But we have to have a hunger. You have permission in this church to linger. And it's about pressing in to go, God, do something in me again.
It'd do something, touch me again. Would we have the desperation to push past our shame and our sin to be like the woman who grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment in a culture and society that she knew that would be her end? Are you willing to put all your eggs in his basket? Karina prayed during pre-service prayer. Let's become undignified before him. Are we willing to look stupid chasing him when culture says, what do you do? Because I want to tell you, our community have moved away from the things of the Spirit. Intellect and reason and your mind is important. Please don't throw it out in the bin. But can I tell you, an encounter with Jesus can take you where your mind can't. Your mind articulates the things of God in a way that we know how and and through his language. But an encounter shapes you. Now, the disciplines we steward them of fasting was one of them. I'll put it like this. I'm sorry to, to use this analogy, but the summer is over, and nobody's probably getting on a plane for a while, right? But when you get on a plane in Belfast, and you're going to London, well, let's go somewhere a bit more exotic. You know, you're going to the south of France or, you know, at least somewhere. If you get on that plane and the pilot decides to go one degree off somewhere, over a period of time, you wouldn't, you're not just going to end up one degree off your destination. You're going to end hundreds of miles off your destination. And, and, it's the way, and that's what Jesus talks about when he talks about mustard, the seed of mustard, or uh, the mustard seed faith. It's, it's the, the 1%, the wee small things in our lives that we do daily, actually will dictate where we go. They will dictate the destination. Not that it's about the destination, but it's about the direction in which we're going in. Jesus responds to, to unbelieving, perverse generation that he says this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting in Matthew 17. He says this in Matthew 17, 17, I think that is a lot come up, but he, it's the, the context where they're trying to, to see the, the, the demon cast out of the young boy and they're making a whole hoo-ha out of it. You can go read on it later on. And Jesus is like, you've seen the miracles, you've seen the breakthroughs, you've seen the transformation, and yet you're here fighting over a demon. And then he says, you know, the disciples later on ask him, and he, and he says, you know, this kind will only come out through prayer and fasting. Can I tell you, I don't think Jesus is talking about levels of, you know, or bondage that need levels of breakthrough. It's actually our unbelief. It's our unbelief comes out through prayer and fasting because we, Jesus has given the power of his Holy Spirit in us that we can see blind eyes open, we can see deaf ears healed, we can see people get breakthrough, demons cast it out, we can see transformation in an instant through the power of his Holy Spirit. But it's our unbelief, and that's what fasting does. It, it brings us to a new level of belief. He says this in Matthew 17, 20, Even with faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here, and it would move. It's the one degree things we do over a period of time will dictate that if we were heading in a certain direction, we make those small changes, we will see um, a landing in the right direction. In fact, I love uh, James Clear in his book Atomic Habits. He says, All the big things come from small things. The seed of every habit is a single tiny decision. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure he got this from Scripture. But as, as that decision is repeated, a habit sprouts and grows stronger. Roots entrench themselves and branches grow. The task of breaking a habit is like uprooting a powerful oak within us. And the task of building a good habit is like cultivating a delicate flower one day at a time. You might be looking at 40 days of prayer and fasting and going, that's a mountain, oh heck no. You're like, I don't, I'm, you know, 
I don't really, if you feel the Lord's calling you to pray, uh, fast food, you know, um, we, we sent out a, a guideline in order to do those things. Like, you do that carefully. You talk, you consult the people around you, okay? Because if you keep going, you probably will die. But actually, it's about doing it safely. You probably need to get, you know, give up all your responsibilities. But you talk to God and, and you, you do that. But there's many ways that we can fast and we'll talk about that. But 40 days of prayer and fasting isn't about a mountain to climb. It's actually about seeing the mountains within you shifted. This isn't about just in a, a period of time to go look what you know gold badge I got. If that's your heart, like that's, and don't let that dictate entering into this. Forty days is not about climbing a mountain. Forty days is about seeing a mountain and you you shifted. It's an extended period of time that day by day you might find you may be a completely different person in forty days' time. Because 40 days is actually, well, they say between 30 and 60. They can't really define it because, let's be honest, it's about human um, implication. But that's what they say how long it takes to implement and, and keep a, or a habit. God is maybe pulling you into a season where, you know what? In this extended next 40 days, you might begin to see things shift. Because his power will come upon you, but also you, you need to be able to steward that and walk that out. Because we cannot receive... There are new miracles in old mindsets. In the same way, God does not pour out new wine in old wineskin. This is about a wineskin shift. Because he wants to, like I said, he wants to pour out his blessing. He wants to pour out his breakthrough. It's about us getting ready to receive it. So just as we close really quickly, you can do a complete fast if you want to. You can do, you know, uh, go in, well that's complete solid or you can go into to taking uh, liquids only I don't have time to go into everything but you can remove those things so you, you can actually be sustained on God now over 40 days that's going to be very hard and I'm not here to tell you what you should and shouldn't do, you have to go with the Lord leading but consult those closest with you or you can go this week as we as we have a, a couple of times where we, where we meet together and you can you can fast a week and then, you know, filter into something else. You see, 40 days isn't necessarily about, you know, in Scripture, 40 is about wholeness. In fact, the number 40, if I can find it, it means new life. It means new growth. It means transformation. It's a change from one great task to another great task. 40 days is not necessarily just about the number, but it's about the heart posture. It's about entering in a time where we know God wants to bring about transformation. God wants to bring about new life. He wants to bring about new growth. The other thing is you can do a selective, you can do a Daniel fast. Where you can, you know, you can remove the meats, you can remove uh, the sweets, you can remove the bread. And you can consume, you know, uh, fruit and veg, you can consume uh, water and, and various kinds of liquids. You can meal prep, you can do whatever you want to do, but there's so many ways in which we can begin to engage. You have to ask God, why is he inviting into a fast? And that may be that actually you feel like it's an area of your life that you're struggling with something. And actually entering that time and God begins to remove the defiled things within you. Also, there's a partial fast where you can, and I think it's a really good one in the sense if you remove a certain meal time. Because how many you know you can be so busy preparing for meals that actually you don't create time for Jesus. So I know for those with kids, this is going to, and you have to, it's, it's trickier. But maybe for you, you know, you, 
you remove a breakfast or remove a lunch when you're in work and, and you just you give God that five minutes. You give God that 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, what wasn't there in the, pre, the, pre, the previous 40 days becomes in your next 40 days. And you'll begin to see what God can do in your life. And then there's the soul fast. We all love social media. We all love BBC. We all love hearing culture's perspective. Maybe actually over the next 40 days, and I believe you can do it, you actually just remove social media. And you begin to to spend time, you know, that hours of scrolling that just becomes mind-numbing and rabbit holes. Anybody know those reels that become the godforsaken rabbit hole of your life? Or YouTube for some of you? Or, you know, you just go, how, where did that hour go? There's things that we can do over the next number of days that are in this next time that we go, do you know what? I begin to exchange that. I want to, uh, Chris and the guys will come back up. I want to tell you, fasting is for everyone. It's for everyone in this room. My challenge isn't that you would only fast full foods, but it's you would choose a specific way because it is about maximizing, overcoming excuses, but maximizing the opportunity for you to see clearer and further. It's not about bending God's arm. That's legalism. But I can tell you, I really believe that if you engage with us, nobody can do it for you. But if you engage with us, you will see transformation breakthrough in ways that you couldn't imagine. You may be here and you, you went, you know, I've been there, honestly, I've been there, done that, and I haven't seen. Don't define this next 40 days by what has happened over the years. Because you're in a different place. You're in a different season. And also, you don't need to lean, lean on and understand. I encourage you. I really feel like, I mean, we're only getting started in this place. Tonight's going to be a party. Tonight's going to be a, a time where we really pray and we dedicate this space. But the more I look at this, and maybe because I've looked at it too long, I'm not really impressed by this building. I really am not. It's got smaller and smaller the more I've looked at it because, you know, when you part, we move from the bingo hall the first time, we're like, this is massive. And then you go, it's actually not like, I know it's tall ceiling, but it's like in terms of space, you know, I'm not being ungrateful or anything, but. I'm actually more impressed by the people that, you know, whether I've counseled and I've seen breakthrough or whether, you know, God's healing. And they've honestly got that stuff impresses me more. Seeing people give their lives to him, that impresses me more. That's what we're called to go into. So please, yes, keep tithing, keep giving. We need to pay off this building. Yes, there's all that stuff. Of course, don't take our eyes off the building. We need to, you know, with a whole bills just keep coming. But it really is about keep our eyes on what really it's all about. Is that the blind eyes would see, that the deaf ears would hear, that the jackals who have been hiding in the wilderness in their shame will come back into springs of oasis. Again, that is what this is all about. But can I tell you, guess who God wants to use to do that? You. And if you're not seeing it in your life, maybe it's entering into a time of prayer and fasting that you want to see it. I want to ask you, do you want to see deaf ears here? Do you want to see blind eyes open? Do you want to see masses of people in our community saved and come to know Jesus? Well, I can tell you, if we, if you enter into that, but you may be going, not me. I'm not, you know, the people at the front. That's what you sound like sometimes. But actually, it's like, no, come on and just enter into it. Imagine, I'm not here to label and say you could be the next, you know, Bill Johnson or Todd White or, you know, um, Billy Graham I'm not because that's their mantle that's them but you could actually be you 
There's so many people who had a defining moment. I bet you they didn't see what came afterwards. Maybe you need a defining moment in this next season. Why don't you stand? These guys are going to take us back into a, a, a space of, of just worship. And Father, I pray, if you, if you actually want to... This is what I'm going to do. You might not necessarily have thought out how you're going to do this next 40 days. And that's okay. You'll figure that out, God. But if you want to be open to God doing a work in your life, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to put your arms out. You might not know what that is. And I'm going to challenge you to go figure and with God and figure that out. But if you're genuinely going to be humble and go, God, I want you to do something that means different. I, I'm not here to say, I don't know what it's going to be. But can I tell you, I know he's in the business of doing some incredible things. If you're, if you're well that, open up. And I'm going to pray. Father, right now, we pray over every heart who's hungry to experience the more, the new life in you, the transformation and the revival. God, I pray you have called us to even greater. You called us to a life that mirrors yours, where we don't live stuck, but we live in your life. And your life means that we move forward. In whatever situation and circumstance, and you prophesy and speak over down, Patrick, that masses will come to know you, that lives will be changed and transformed, that families will be restored, that God, right now, where there is brokenness, you want to bring healing. You want to bring resolution, whatever that looks like, God. You want to bring life, not death. And Father, every single person here, God, we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and land upon them this morning? Would you come, Lord, and take them beyond their, their own understanding, God, into this next extended season? Holy Spirit, would you give them a grace for them where they need to make space to... Yeah, we just pray that they make that decision this morning. And that we would see in this church, in this end time public all around this area, God, we would see your people break through. We would see your people walk through on dry land where there was an ocean, God, you paved the way. You split seas, God, and you're in the business of splitting seas and, and robbing graves. And so this morning, we just pray that you would split people's seas this morning, that you would rob graves that they have so surrendered their lives to, and that they would resurrect in the new life with you. Their situation be resurrected that you would speak into the ashes of their situation and you would bring out new life. Right now, let's begin to press on the worship.